2: Welcome to
1: Top Stories, I'm Andy Zaltzman, and in today's Delve Into the Bugle Archives, we go back to April 2009. What innocent times as we panicked over a simple little swine flu pandemic. We joked about face masks and nervous coughs, if only we'd known. Here I am, with John Oliver.
2: Top Story this week, Old MacDonald had a pig, now Old MacDonald's dead. (laughs) Yes, it's swine flu! In this emergency bugle to be injected straight into the ears, uh, it's not an antidote, but it's not exactly not an antidote (coughs) either. Pigs, Andy, so longer a peripheral player in the news, have taken centre stage this week as they threaten to wipe out the human race. (laughs) And we can't say we weren't warned, Andy. George Orwell always said that they were snouty little bastards. (laughs) Two legs good... Four legs bad. He pretty much wrote a whole book about how we should keep an eye on pigs. <laughs> at least that's what I took from it. I'm pretty sure his seminal masterpiece was based around the thesis, Never Trust a Pig, as I wrote in my criminally underappreciated GCSE English exam.
1: <laughs> yep, uh, it's uh, H1N1 is back, or swine flu, or pig flu, or piggy flu, or oink oink at you, to give it its various different names. Spreading a lot of concern around the world, John, but also spreading delights across Israel and the Jewish world, where, i imagine, just like me, they've all spent most of the week punching the air, shouting,
2: See? We were f***ing right all along. Dirty, (laughs) dirty animals. Well, there has been controversy over what to call the virus. Initially, it was called swine flu, then pig flu, then Israel opted to call it Mexican flu. (laughs) Due to the port connection, I guess implying that this virus was not kosher. The EU called it novel flu for reasons best known to themselves, and France even opted to call it North American flu. <laughs> oh, for f- sake, Frenchies, that is just lazy, outdated anti-Americanism. You can have your standard French flu, but they've got freedom flu over here, so suck on that. <laughs> While Obama uh, calls it H1N1 influenza A. He's always had a way with words, that man, <laughs> Andy. So poetic, so uplifting.
1: Well, here are some of the uh, headlines from the papers here this week. Mexi-no, um, and looking at the pictures of all the Mexicans wandering around, mosque and also <laughs> Pandemiconium. though Those clearly weren't headlines, but they could have been, and that's the most
2: <laughs> important thing. By the end of the week, the World Health Organisation itself had uh, announced that it would stop using the term swine flu to prevent confusion over the danger posed by pigs. A spokesman said, rather than calling this swine flu, we're going to stick with the technical scientific name H1M1 Influenza A. Now, is this in response, Andy, to potential pig vigilante attacks? (laughs) Have there been gangs roaming the streets at night looking for wayward pigs? Farmers doing drive-by shootings in their tractors on farms, spraying the side of styes with bullets? (laughs) On Wednesday, Egypt has uh, started slaughtering its roughly 300,000 pigs, despite science explicitly saying that the virus was not passed on by eating pork. Not a good time to be an Egyptian pig, Andy. <laughs> They'd better start developing a pretty f***ing convincing cow impression in the next few days. Here's the thing, to be honest, even if there was a risk eating pig, I think I'd still take my chances. <laughs> I love bacon, Andy, and I guess I've never before really had a barometer to gauge just how much I love bacon. But now I do. I love it so much. I'm willing to risk death. <laughs> I'm willing to play bacon roulette with every sandwich I eat. Yeah, the flu kicked off like so many things in Mexico, and also
1: like so many things from Mexico, it has now sneaked across the border into America.
2: Oh, boo! <laughs> boo, Andy! What? Shame on you! What? You're part Saltzman, part Limbaugh. Are you looking for a high profile, provocative talk show over here? Got a few gaps in the diary coming up. That's a yellow card, that <laughs> joke.
1: <laughs> well, over here, John, people have been reacting with a similar concern at the near certain prospect of pig flu wiping out humanity. In fact, just uh, yesterday, I saw a guy in my local supermarket standing next to the bacon counter and booing. For about half an hour, so I think you made his point. Anyway, here's a uh, topical joke for you. Hey, my wife's been feeling ill for a couple of days, so she went to the doctor. Influenza? Well, I did advise her to seek professional medical (laughs) opinion, but in the end it was her own choice. Pig flu? How dare you say that about my wife? And no, she got the
2: train. (laughs) You take inspiration in such... Unusual areas, Anthony. Thanks, mate. I'll take that as a compliment, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't one. Currently, the world is on pandemic level, phase five. Now, that doesn't sound too bad until you learn that the scale only goes up to phase six. That is one away from the highest level available, which would indicate a full pandemic. But still, not a pandemic. Not a pandemic. Now, it's been hard to accurately judge exactly how many cases of swine flu there are due to the fact that everyone that cough now thinks they've got it. It's been a great week for panicked overreactions. On Wednesday, the WHO claimed that far from the sighted more than 150 swine flu deaths, there had in fact been officially only seven. People have been quick to point the swine flu finger at anyone who made the mistake of dying in the last seven days. Hey, uh, Terry died. I think it was swine flu. What are you talking about? Terry was hit by a bus. I know, but I think the swine flu probably got him first, then the bus got involved. In fact... I was on the subway this week, which incidentally was noticeably less full, and a guy coughed. A woman opposite nervously put her handkerchief over her mouth. The guy saw this and said, Hey lady, I don't have f- pig flu. I don't think she was fully convinced. Also, he may not have had f- pig flu, but he also didn't have any f- social skills. <laughs> That is one of the symptoms, apparently. (laughs) All right, well, there you go. That was nothing next to what happened at Baltimore International Airport when an inbound flight from Mexico radioed ahead that two passengers on board had suspected swine flu. Apparently, they had fevers and were sick to their stomachs. The fire, the rescue department, as well as ambulances scrambled to meet the plane on the runway, but after careful examination, ascertained that the two men had just had too much to drink, (laughs) they were drunk. Come on, everybody. We have got to calm down. Is one of the symptoms of swine flu stinking of tequila and singing La Bamba at the top of your voice? (laughs) Because if so, I came down with a spot of swine flu in a karaoke bar last week. (laughs)
1: So how much uh, should we be panicking? Uh, The World Health Organisation currently advises a Level 5 flap, which is still well short of the top Level 6 screaming hysterical frenzy, but more serious than a Level 4 frown. The Level 5 flap requires people to take speculative and useless precautions like wearing a homemade mask, cancelling holidays to countries beginning with M and praying, and also to call an ambulance whenever they feel an unscheduled itch. In Britain... Uh, The government claims it has enough of the Tamiflu vaccines to treat 80% of the population.
2: Uh Uh-oh. That
1: sounds like a national game of musical chairs. Well, John, you say that. Well, that is basically England covered. And it's just not looking (laughs) so good for the cats I'm afraid. But, you know, according to the famously non-existent British constitution, medicine is distributed (laughs) strictly by alphabetical order of country. I'm sorry, Wales. It's not looking good for you.
2: Bird flu was largely a panic over nothing, Andy, whereas pig flu has already infected a good many people around the world. And I guess this tells us that pigs are tougher than birds, Andy. Big result in the battle of the farmyard there, bragging rights for Team Pork. <laughs> I think at this stage, on the most important thing to do is not to
1: mention the 1918 influenza epidemic that killed two times as many people as the First World War and affected around <laughs> half of the world's population. Because it was ages ago and most of those people would have been
2: dead by now anyway. So let's brush over it as if it never happened. Well, also, if you're going to attach a country to the flu, Andy, you've got to go Spanish. Yeah. If it is maximising body count that you're after, the Spanish do not mess around. <laughs> what this uh, whole thing does raise, John, as a question is, what is the f- point
1: of viruses? Yeah, they just don't seem to have anything positive to contribute to me, I just don't see why they don't just go and f themselves. They're just little invisible terrorists to me, and I'm not changing my way of life for these bastards. I don't want the government to do anything about it. They cannot be seen to negotiate with viruses, so they should not treat anyone, John. We have to stand up for ourselves. As Muhammad Ali might have said, if he'd been fighting pig flu for a world title, f- you, flu. <laughs> He had a way with words as well.
2: Yeah, that's right. The response to this virus has been not only medical, it's also been depressingly political. Michelle Malkin, the nauseating conservative blogger, and Glenn Beck, repellent human being and cartoon journalist, both made arguments for illegal Mexican immigrants bringing the disease into the US. Just like you, Andy. (laughs) Now, there is absolutely zero evidence to support those claims, but... No, I guess that, I guess I'm missing the point there. If if there was evidence for every claim, that would take away the excitement of making claims in general. <laughs> yeah, I apologise to both of them and wish them both well in their descent towards hell. Talk radio host Michael Savage had the best hail mary piece of racism last week when he claimed that, make no mistake about it, radical Islamic countries planted the virus in Mexico, knowing that humans make the perfect mules for bringing this strain into America. Make no mistake about it. That is making a lot of mistakes about it. (laughs) And also, if terrorists had somehow managed to create a magic terror flu, why not just bring it straight into the US and sneeze it directly into American faces? Why go to Mexico and hope your now overcomplicated plan works out? That's like being a bad Bond villain. Tying Bond to a table, pointing a slow-moving laser between his legs and then leaving the room for no apparent reason and assuming everything's going to work rather than just shooting him in the head. (laughs) Democrats then waded in uh, when they pointed uh, at the Republicans for voting against the stimulus package money for flu pandemic preparedness. So the Republicans hit back, criticising the Democrats for not having successfully named Kathleen Sebelius as head of health and human services yet. But I'll tell you whose fault that is. That's the Republicans' fault. They've been blocking her appointment because they don't like her view on abortion. She's pro-choice, which the Republicans claim means that she loves abortion. Whereas, in fact, that's not true. She just likes it. So doesn't party politics make your heart swell? Well, Andy, (laughs) educated adults can even argue over whose fault a virus is. (laughs) Isn't democracy fun? So next week
1: on The Bugle, we'll be telling you how to catch, interrogate and torture a virus. The key is, anything goes. Don't be afraid to bring its family into it. And also we'll be looking at the trendiest diseases to be seen with this year. A lot of celebrities are presenting the latest designer symptoms. Hollywood A-lister Mina Suvari has got an odd rash on her arm. Ex-basketball <laughs> player Dennis Rodman claims he has blurred vision but doesn't know why. And singer <laughs> Leanne Rhymes has been feeling nauseous
2: and is worried about some blisters on her fingers. Well, that is the good news coming out of this, Andy. In fact, swine flu masks have started getting released with fashionable decorative patterns on them so that you can stay hip while you have gauze tied across your face. And This is just typical of the fashion industry. They're they're so quick to respond to any disaster. Thank God they're there. The fashion police are so often our first responders, Natalie dressing people's wounds. What would you have on your swine flu face mask, Andy? Uh, I think I'd probably have a picture of my own mouth dripping blood (laughs) and foaming slightly. I think I'd either have like a small little dolphin in the corner or something classy, or maybe a crocodile mouth so I could pretend to be a crocodile
1: that was another top story thank you for listening more slices of recent historical satire tomorrow hi it's producer Chris from the Bugle here did you know that I have a new series of my podcast Richie Firth Travel Hacker out now it's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way in this series we discuss lime bikes, Teslas